Welcome to the Yoga Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Saraswati Clare, an award-winning documentary filmmaker and owner of Yoga Kula from the San Francisco Bay Area. Join us to hear from the world's leading experts on yoga, teachers, doctors, scientists, and scholars. To study more deeply with these inspiring teachers, check out the courses on our website, In this new era, where we have the opportunity to envision and create a new world, the practices of yoga help us to live more consciously so that we can create a better inner and outer world. To help others find us, please leave your comments on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Heather Wertheimer is a kirtan singer and songwriter who combines her special love of both music and yoga to lead devotional chanting internationally. With a rare ability to sing directly from her heart, she infuses sacred chanting with a powerful sense of peace and depth. Heather has toured in the U.S. and abroad with her husband Benji and other renowned musicians. Heather brings the richness of her healing background as a therapist and teacher of meditation and yoga into the practice of kirtan. Hi, Heather. Hi, Saraswati. (laughs) Thank you so much for um, joining me today. I'm so excited to talk with you. Um, As I was explaining, um, we often in our teacher training programs, we talk a lot about the branch of yoga asana. We also talk about a lot about meditation, but not always do we explore a lot to do with mantra. And uh, it would be just be so wonderful if you could talk to us about um, your journey with mantra. Mantra is the branch of yoga. Um, so if you could tell us your experiences with mantra and how you first uh, came to to understand about the power of mantra. Yes, thank you. For me, it's been really a long, slow journey, having started my yoga practice in 1986. And of course, now we think of yoga as something different from mantra. But mantra in itself, of course, is a whole yoga. But it took me maybe 15 years to figure that out. Um, I was fortunate that my very first teacher taught both Hatha and Kundalini yoga and did a lot of mantra in the class. And so even though at the time I wasn't aware that I was already being steeped in mantra, I already was, and maybe that planted seeds for the future. I had a whole life as a singer-songwriter, and because I was also a yoga teacher, people would sometimes invite me to lead a chant in our yoga gatherings. And that was very sweet. Um, But it it really took a while for me. When I started dating my husband, and he started playing tabla for Krishnadas and other artists, and I I was tagging along to the events as the drummer's girlfriend, basically. But because I liked to sing, I'd go sit there and sing um, at the audience. And one day, we were in Berkeley, actually, at a very large kirtan with Krishnadas. And uh, Benji was on the stage, and I was just hanging out. And, And we were singing Hare Krishna. And I just noticed that 
I was having a lot of kind of negative thoughts about, oh, that person over there is singing too loud or it's too hot in here or too crowded or whatever, you know, and I noticed that my mind was just having all these thoughts while I was singing the name of God. And I had this kind of an aha moment where it's like, wow, I'm singing the name of God and my mind's just doing all this stuff. And it was in that moment that I started to be able to just move my attention toward the name of God and to begin for the first time to start to rest in that as an alternative to just going along with the stream of thoughts that I was having. So through kind of a miraculous series of events, Benji and I ended up leading Kirtan. And I was very, very grateful to have been able to spend a lot of time around Krishnadas at that time, um, starting as the drummer's girlfriend and then becoming somebody who was genuinely really interested in what he was doing. And there was something about, I could feel the feeling in what he was doing. I could feel the movement of his heart. I could feel the love that he had toward his guru that was so um, heartbreakingly beautiful. And that really moved me deeply. And so when I started down this path, people just asked us to lead kirtan all over the place. And we started saying yes. And we, we loved it. We just fell in love with it because there was something about that feeling of chanting these sacred names with people that just made us immensely happy and opened us up in some new and beautiful ways and helped us to connect really deeply with the people around us. And it was really a very felt kind of experience during those early years of exposure to kirtan and learning to lead kirtan that I got to really begin to feel what it's like to be in that devotional space. Because it's really just a space of opening. It's not a space of trying to do something. The mantras themselves just open our hearts over time more and more. And as we are in that energetic field of the mantra pulsing and, and vibrating and humming throughout our whole being, it eventually begins to change us at our core in a really beautiful way and to generate more happiness. Could you, you give an example of the types of mantra you're talking about and, and a little bit of, if you can, to share about, uh, you know, what do the mantras mean and, um, yeah, just if you could choose just a couple of mantras to help us understand what you mean by mantra. Yes. Well, that's an excellent question because it's such a vast field. There are some broad categories of mantra. The sacred chanting work that I do, which is also known as kirtan, is one of the forms of mantra that people first access when they start exploring the whole universe of mantra. And in these, the mantras that we sing are sacred names of the divine, gods and goddesses, and names praising them. So it could be Sri Ram Jay Ram, or which would be just victory, victory to God in the form of Rama, or it could be Jay Ma, praise and victory to the sacred mother, the divine feminine. So most of the kirtan mantras that we sing are sacred names and names honoring, words honoring those names. And of course, what we're, we're not just singing to the name, but inside the name is the actual presence of that being, of that energy, which becomes available to us when we're singing those names and begins to resonate inside of us, inside of our hearts. 
And um, oh, and so categories of mantras. So yeah. the, the kirtan mantras that we sing are are those names, and then there are other mantras that that people commonly come in contact with. One of them would be called a seed mantra or bija, which is a concentrated mantra. It's like you take the entire chant or the entire energy of that deity in a way and what it represents and distill it down into a very potent seed. And then there are also specific mantras that are used for meditation. And so there, there are many different categories. Mm. And um, we, you know, we, there's sacred chanting in, in, in so many different obviously cultures and religions and um and you know ways in which people sing to god um of course and um i wonder if you could tell me about uh for example mantra um you mentioned that you can sing it um and i believe you know you can say say uh, repeat a mantra um, outwardly or inwardly um and could you tell me about how how the mantra, the the, the vibrational aspect of the mantra, um, can affect you, or is healing or transforming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So within the mantra, you can think of it itself as a container. You can think of it as a container for universal consciousness, or you can think of it also as a container for love. I think of all of these terms as interchangeable. And when we bring them into our body, into our energetic field, through the sound, through singing, through our voice, it begins to awaken those same frequencies that live inside of us, assuming that we also are made of that divine love, of that universal consciousness. And so it begins to strengthen and awaken those frequencies inside of us. We don't necessarily feel it that way when it's happening though, we might just feel that suddenly my heart gets a little softer or I have a tear in my eye or I'm remembering something from the past or I suddenly feel happier than I felt in a long time or I feel peaceful. So even though this, this mantra is resonating inside of us, there are a lot of different ways that we could be experiencing that happening. And not not to compare it with other religions, but uh, religious singing or even singing itself. Um, I, you know, we know that the singing is is a powerful practice anyway, and it's very healing. Um, could you talk to us just about you know singing, the power of singing? Yes, um, singing vibrates our heart. I mean, it really literally vibrates our heart, mm-hmm. um, and and so. When we let our voices out, we're also letting out some of that feeling that we have inside, our own breath, the movement of our own heart energy. And sometimes we can intentionally choose to allow our emotions to move out through our voice and through our breath and through sound. There was an example that that I thought of um, when we were talking about how mantra resonates inside of us. You know, my husband Benji plays this beautiful 19-stringed instrument called the Esraj, and it everybody immediately falls in love with it when they hear it. I know I do. He plays four strings with a bow and the other 15 strings vibrate whenever that note is played by the bow. 
they start just resonating. And I think of that with, with mantra, how we, we sing something and that vibration of the divine that we are inside begins to vibrate inside of us, just like those strings do on the Esaraj. It's really quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. So as you were saying, you know, uh, mantra is yoga. And, and when, when you hear that mantra is yoga, um, could you explain more what you mean by that? Yes. Well, if you look back at some of the, the texts of the yoga tradition, for example, the Yoga Sutra, really the, the yoga that they're, they're talking about most is meditation. Even though it is taught in all of our, you know, yoga trainings and associated with asana. And so, you know, it's interesting that in the West we have a concept of yoga being asana, when actually there are, there are many wings and branches of it coming from India. Music is a yoga. The sound and vibration is a yoga. And so mantra also is a yoga. In the, and it's a yoga because when you do mantra practices such as chanting or meditation with a mantra, it is very deeply transforming on every level. And I know we feel that in our asana practice too. We feel different when we're done. And, um, it, the, but there's a certain way, uh, a soul level, that, the, that mantra practices can work on. And there are many different ways that they can work within our being. Um, chanting devotional mantras can really open the heart and bring us into a great, greater state of love. We can do spoken and japa mantras, which just can help us to calm and soothe ourselves and clear out our system. Um, we can take them around with us anywhere in the world. We're walking around or driving around. Um, and meditation mantras take us deep inside to into the core essence of our being. So all those different levels. And um, how, how would um, mantra, you know, be a medicine for the mind? When we are doing mantra practice, we begin to settle into the deeper parts of ourselves. And meditation mantras in particular help to draw us deep into a place that's more quiet inside of us. And when we're doing mantra for sound also, people tend to notice that when the sound ends, they experience silence. And so it's ironic that a sound, inner sound or an an external sound, actually helps us to find silence inside, but it does. There's a deep settling that happens automatically when we're in the field of a mantra practice. And so it leads us into silence, even if it's a sound. And um, if, you, if your mind is, you know, if you're having a day where things feel challenging or just feeling in a, in a place that feels a little stuck, how could mantra be helpful for that? Like what would you do if you had those days when you just go, okay, time to, time to practice a mantra? Well, one thing that's really, really important is to not go into the practice thinking, I have to do this so that I can be some other way or be somebody else or not be who I am or not be having the experience I'm having now. Because our spiritual practices really lead us deeper inside our experience. Sometimes that means feeling more of what we're feeling for a while and accepting more of what we're feeling for a while. And in that acceptance and in that deeper feeling, there's an opening. In, in devotional yoga, kirtan, the heart and emotions are the doorway into an experience of the sacred. 
And so really embracing what the experiences that we're having and doing the practices from that space of deep acceptance, making room for ourselves, that's where transformation can really happen. That's where we bring in love to the experience that we're having, even if it's really difficult. And so it's not like, okay, I'm just going to say my mantra so everything goes away and I don't feel what I'm feeling. But it's more like opening more deeply into that experience. And then when we can accept what's happening in the inner plane of ourselves, then there's a settling into the deeper part of the field, the deeper self that we have, the bottom of our hearts, the quiet spaces in our mind, we can find them more easily automatically. But it never happens from trying to make ourselves be different how we, than how we already are. But I, I always notice that when I just go and chant for a while in my sacred space, that I'm, I'm always feeling better after that. Um, mm. it, it, it tends to just move things through energetically. It just moves things through and lightens the load. And then I just feel lighter and more happy afterwards. And I, I know that I'm going out and I'm, t- I'm speaking more kindly and I'm, I'm just acting better to the people around me and um, enjoying my life so much more. As you're speaking, I'm getting the image of it's like being in the company of your best friend where, mm. you know, when you're in good company, like I am now with you, yeah. <laughs> it's like I feel my heart, um, I, I feel inspired and uplifted and I can feel the you know the love and I feel like that's with mantra for me is my experience of being being with um you know that which I love and um Mm -hmm. and it can take take me out of um you know worrying about this or worrying about that of just a way of really soothing soothing the mind um and um and I'm thinking about you with your beautiful new puppy dog. And it's sort of like the being being with the beloved in that way of yeah. um, not getting caught up in a sort of a spiral of, of um, future thinking or, you know, the mind can get so busy and distracted and um, looking at the worst possible scenarios. So there's something incredibly soothing, I find, about having the mantra and it's a way of really contain containing um and holding all the busyness and um connecting connecting with the beloved connecting with Mm -hmm. um you know god or whatever name you call it (laughs) but also asking for guidance too like for the times when we feel stuck asking for support or inspiration through repeating mantra? Well, so many people right now are spending more time alone and more time in isolation. And doing these practice, practices really helps us just fill up ourselves from the inside because especially when you're feeling lonely and you want something to make you feel better, it's, it's beautiful to just have some practices to turn to that this automatically are more fulfilling and can, can fill us up and... And it, I love what you're saying about just spending time with somebody that you love. And it's, it's really like um, being in the presence of love itself. And yet it's not something that we have to try to set out to do. It's like you don't have to be a devotional person or, you know, a really you know, religious or even spiritual person because the practices automatically take you into 
a beautiful sacred space, whatever you call it or however you define that. And so you don't have to have that kind of knowledge or intention even to start, just to go make some quiet time, gently repeat a mantra by yourself for a while or try doing some singing if you want to. Um, and it can be a very, very soothing thing to mm. do. Yes. It, it uh, reminds me uh, when you're walking in a forest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have to say it. We're all nature lovers, but um, we can go into the forest and then feel the energy of being in the forest. And like our vi- inner vibration of busyness and worry seems to evaporate. And we feel, I think we feel the energy of the trees and that's, um, we resonate with that, or if we're with the we're next to the ocean, too, a feeling of, and so I kind of think of mantra in that way of we're able to resonate on these really strong, powerful, um, you know, mantras and healing the healing vibration of these mantras, kind of in that same way. Right. You don't have to know exactly what kind of tree it is or how many feet tall it is. <laughs> Just go and experience its presence and the yeah. beauty surrounding it. Yeah. The scent of it. And uh, it begins to permeate. Yeah. And, you know, I've spoken with people, too, that have been through really big losses and felt incredibly brokenhearted. And they just turned toward chanting and really felt that it was a a complete lifesaver for them to just really rest in the arms of that practice Mm. when they're going through big losses. Do you you have an experience where you were able to feel the healing power of, you know, mantra that came or when you suddenly turned towards mantra and you could see, see and feel that shift happening for yourself? You know, I think that um, when I've had so many times leading kirtan in public, in groups, and in also in some very special workshop spaces where people really opened up, um, I've, I went through some incredibly blissful, heart-opening times, you know, on many occasions where it was just, you know, we're just, just in being in tears from feeling how beautiful everybody all is and how that sacred beauty comes through all of us. And also, I've had some extremely profound experiences in meditation where I really experienced um, myself um, as, you know, as consciousness itself, but really without my personality, but just as light and as an extreme feeling of peace. Uh, and so I feel that I've met myself that way and through, through mantra practice, and it's very beautiful. Hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. Mantra is yoga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, it's, it's such a, um, you know, when people first come to it and it's like, well, that's a strange word. And yet often in your concerts, like I see people sit there and even if they're hearing the words for the first time and it's uh, after a while, just hearing, um, hearing the words and, and connecting into the other folks who were in the room. Uh, there's just like this um, coming together or, you know, group experience too of of sitting there together and I guess 
you know, coming into a communal vibration or, um, you know, something that feels really powerful and very healing. Because I think, you know, both, of course, you can sit there and you can do it, uh, you know, yourself individually, but also that group experiencing uh, experience of coming together and um, uh, experiencing the beauty of, of that um, communal vibration. Yes. I mean, my, my parents are both agnostic and I, I wasn't raised in any particular religious tradition, but, uh, you know, the first time I brought my father to a kirtan, he said, there's really definitely something happening here. You know, you, you can't really define what it is, but, you know, and you don't have to have any particular kind of belief system to, to feel it because you just can. Mm. Um, and as we were saying just a minute ago, that um, it's in these times where things feel very precarious, where, um, you know, I, of course, um, being in the world of yoga, people are really enjoying their breathing practices, meditation practices. um, And, um, and, you know, I think too, equally, um, the mantra is, not as well known perhaps, um, but equally powerful and equally beneficial. Um, and particularly, I think, you know, I think there's different uh, mantras that can be used for, you know, it's like a whole uh, science of medicine too. Like some, some mantras help you um, overcome fear. Other mantras can help you um, uh, get through obstacles, other mantras help you um, experience love. I mean, there's so many different ways. It is really a, a huge a body of knowledge, a huge body of teachings and, and hundreds and hundreds of different mantras. It's true, though for me it's a little less important in terms of the impact of the practice to know exactly or to specifically look for a certain result. I know that that people definitely do specific chants for specific purposes. And, you know, in the workshop we have a com- coming up, we're going to do some of that in terms of doing, you know, a healing mantra for ourselves, for other people, for the world. So I believe that that can have a very powerful impact. And I also think if you just sort of go in with an open mind and heart and, and leap into doing something, then you'll feel an impact. And um, it's almost like you can be drawn toward doing something at the right time and it will open you in the ways that it is meant to open you. Mm. You're reminding me of uh, the Tonglin practice of sending blessings. Mm-hmm. So mantra, of course, um, in, in chanting is such a great way to think about offering blessings to, to mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you. That's just really helpful. Um, yeah. It's um, a great time to be to be chanting. Do you, do you have a regular um, practice that you bring into your week, or things that you do, or at least from time to time? Yeah. Well, I'm, I meditate every day, and I always do some out loud chanting um, or spoken mantra, either sung or spoken, before I meditate all the time. And then I also have a, a singing practice and vocal practice which right now is based a little bit more in Indian style singing. And then I always, almost every single day, do some kind of kirtan chanting as well, 
either with guitar or with a harmonium. Um, and I often like to do some chanting before bedtime too, because I feel like it's it's a great way to end the day. Sometimes we'll chant the Hanuman Chalisa, which is a beautiful chant to Hanuman, and it's associated also with um, a teacher who's really important in my life, the Saint Neem Karoli Baba. Um, part of our tradition is chanting that mantra. And so, yeah, it's it's a, just a beautiful way to flow. And, and when I have days where I get to do all those practices as, mu- as much as I want to do them, it's a great day <laughs> and a happy day for me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for um, talking with me today. It really is just lovely. You've inspired me to get back into my mantra practice. <laughs> thank you. You always ask such great questions. It's really a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Please leave us a review so that others can find us.